Hey, you've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The residents of 817 East 8th Street are about to lose everything they have. What do you mean those tenants are still in there? Tonight. I'll have them out by tonight. Nothing in this world can save them. Nothing but a miracle. Steven Spielberg presents a Matthew Robbins film. Welcome to America. Spaceships from a very small planet. Very small. This is history. Machines that reproduce themselves. I like being a family again. What the hell is that? It's them, the little guys. I don't know how you got here or why you picked us. Somebody's helping them. Somebody's bringing them together. Is that why you're here? Batteries not included. Starring Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. So 1987, batteries not... <laughs> Four. Four. There you go. So uh, I, I'm going to definitely say I didn't, I, didn't get to go see, I didn't go see this in the theater, but I do, I do have fond memories of watching this movie uh, and recording, or not recording, but renting it on VHS many, probably, probably many times. Mm-hmm. It was one of the ones yes. that had the, the clamshell. Yeah. The, the clamshell uh, box. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, you kind of exactly. had to make that noise yeah. when you shut it down. I think most of those yeah, were just like for, for crack it open. But... It was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for the, for those who didn't don't remember this movie, uh, nineteen eighty seven um, aliens. Aliens, basically. I mean, <laughs> I, I like we said. I said during the movie, there's probably like an exact that was pitching the movie, and he's like, "There's all these UFOs being sighted everywhere. What if?" What if they're here to help people? Like the aliens inside? No. The UFOs themselves are here to help people. <laughs> what will they think of next? But the UFOs had smaller UFOs inside <laughs> them. <laughs> well, that's just what the, the science is going to go towards. Fair enough. <laughs> I was thinking maybe that was their world. The science like... is sound. The science is sound. <laughs> Nanobots. You know that's that's uh, definitely where what uh, I thought you know was was the best about it, just because I mean the way they looked and and the way they interacted with the people in the house. Um, we have director Matthew Robbins, of course. <laughs> Everyone knows him. You know, I, yeah. I'm say I, I I don't remember anything, or I don't remember hearing his name about anything. He's got 19 writer credits. Seven director credits and two acting credits. Oh, mm. oh, he uh, was the director for uh, first thing, nineteen seventy eight Corvette Summer. Never, never seen it. Ooh. Dragon Slayer, have seen that. Legend of Billy Jean, remember that? Dragon Slayer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. That sounds epic. It's going on the list. <laughs> oh no, that's happening. Uh, Dragon Slayer from nineteen eighty one. Walt Disney. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. That's 1981, though. Yes. Yeah, that's a little before, but we'll eventually get there. <laughs> um, 
we also have an episode of Amazing Stories, then Batteries Not Included, Mothers, Daughters, and Lovers, a TV movie, and then and then to end it, Bingo. I remember Bingo. I love Bingo. I watch that movie all the time. That with, sounds familiar. With the dog? With the dog, yeah. The dog doesn't talk, but he... He travels I, all the way across country to, to, to get with his family after they left him behind. I remember this movie. I remember vaguely. the poster. I, <laughs> I watched it. And oh. then I moved on to the better Homeward Bound. Uh, this is the, the, that, that relies all on the dogs talking to each other and the cats. This didn't have that. It was that. more entertaining. No, this is all about... Or... He's like a Forrest Gump dog. He just interacted with a whole bunch of people. Benji, come home. No. I watched that one, too. There was another, like, younger Labrador that had, like, an adventure as well, but he spoke. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what it was called. Does the dog speak in those uh, Air Bud movies? No. No, Uh, it it was like, uh... God, I think I, I think it was like a little yellow lab, and then like it was on a like balloon. Is that like or a fluke, or uh... I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just hmm. that just started running back to me. I'm like, oh my god, I felt so good watching that movie. But he also has um, a lot of so 19 writer credits. He is. Uh, it looks like he's announced to be doing a Pinocchio. Screenplay or remake coming up in the next year or so. Huh. Uh, he also wrote Crimson Peak, which was recently directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's Chato, the King of Brazil, VJ and I, Ecti Diem. Don't know what that is. Seven Kun. It looks like he did a lot of like foreign movies. Sweet. Don't be afraid of the dark in 2010. Isn't that the one with uh? Steven Dwarf, based off that video game. What? Am I not thinking of Hmm? Katie... Oh, it's the Katie Holmes one, which is a remake of a of a movie. Don't Is that that one with the the gremlins? Like, it's just like... Not gremlins, but they're little, like, elf gremlins. Things like... I remember you talking about that movie just from the trailer. Oh, the... The one with the it's Guy Pierce the, and Katie Holmes, the Tooth Fairy things. I think that's my that might have been what they were too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that also Guillermo del Toro? It was like produced by him or it something. It might have been produced by him. Well, it says written by him. Oh, well, there you written go. By Guillermo. So that's yeah. Okay. So now we know it. So Guillermo's got you know got him working with him. Mimic. Ooh, you wrote the you wrote the the movie Mimic with uh, uh, what's her name? Her her father's a famous person. Mira Servino. Her father is Paul Servino. Those are certainly names. They are. <laughs> I remember watching Mimic. I remember Mimic being an interesting movie. The way that he would steal the X Men's powers. I know. No, 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 not exactly. Um, no, because he had angel's wings and beast nimbleness and Cyclopses. Cyclops's eye blasts. I know Mimic well. Wore a big M. Yeah. For Mimic or for Mutant? You know, I'm not sure now. But technically he wasn't a mutant. That's true. He's not a mutant. He's not a mutant. So it's for Mimic. He... <laughs> uh, but did he have Marvel Girls like... Telepathy and Iceman's freezing powers? No. No. 
Only physical things that he can make? Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, How did I never pick up on that limitation before now? I don't know. Weird. So it had like five people written down as the writer. Yes. Of the five, the one I recognized was Brad Bird. Yes. Mm-hmm. Goes on to be director of uh, The Iron Giant, most famously, and The Incredibles. Oh, and Tomorrowland and Mission Impossible four but uh you know uh, so two out of four isn't bad <laughs> what he's gonna do he's attached to incredibles 2 oh uh, he directed ratatouille oh that was oh, yeah. pretty good and screenplay cool oh did he screenplay for ratatouille yeah also? yeah it says there's screenplay and i guess directing as well yeah so yeah brad bird's pretty cool. awesome yeah. Uh, these other guys, Mick Garris did the story. He has episodes of Fear Itself from that TV show on, on NBC from 2008. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Masters of Horror. Wow. He looks like he's got a lot of horror stuff. I wonder if this movie was supposed to be something yeah. completely different when it started out. Mm, uh, it is like a creature feature, kind yeah. of. Hocus Pocus. Awesome. Green Wolf of London, The Fly 2, Critters 2. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He's more of a horror. um, Uh, We also got some stuff from Matthew Robbins. It looks like Matthew Robbins also does a lot of the same stuff that uh, the director does. Or was oh Matthew, Matthew Robbins, Robbins was, is was the, the director? director. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Brett Maddock, uh, the writer of Tremors, the TV series, Tremors Oof. Four, Tremors Three, Wild Wild West. Oh, Tremors Two. Wait, wait, Wild Wild West, the movie the or movie. the show? Nope, the movie. No, okay, <laughs> Heart and Souls, Ghost Dad, Tremors, Short Circuit Ghost Two, Dad, Short Circuit. Wow, oh. God, man, we should just <laughs> watch this dude's filmography for VHS gems. <laughs> Shit, he. Oh, uh, they're making a. They're remaking Short Circuit. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my. Wow. Isn't that what Chappie was supposed to be? I don't know if it is a remake. It might be a sequel. Oh, well, that'd be fine with me if it was a sequel. Would it really matter? (laughs) No. I mean, I don't... What do you mean by, like, would it really matter? Well, I mean, even the sequels are kind of like... Not exactly sequels. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's only one sequel. Yeah, but there's multiple Johnny Fives in it. Because of the dolls? Yes. <laughs> They're all over the place. All, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> um, Running crazy in the mall. And then the last writer on it is S.S. Wilson. That just sounds like a made-up name. Right. Uh, it looks like it's a person that works with uh, the last guy, the short-circuit guy, because he's got all the same credits. It's the same guy again. It's not the same guy. They just They're a team. I don't believe it. Between Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. I told you, S.S. Wilson sounds like a made-up name. Exactly. So he just wanted, he like, just gets more. Paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's brilliant. So the, the two main stars of Frank Riley and Faye Riley are played by Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy, and probably the two biggest names in this movie at that time. 
Jessica T- Tandy, you know, very famous actress, did a lot of work. Uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, oh, Driving Miss Daisy, Cocoon, <laughs> uh, all the way back to. Jeez, when does her movie career start? 1932, The Indiscretions of Eve. She played a maid. Oh my. Uh, Hume Cronin. I believe he was also in Cocoon, yeah. He was in Cocoon. Yeah. Um, 13, or 12 Angry Men. Nice. Um, but that was the TV movie version, not the black and white version. Ah. The Pelican Brief, Day One, Foxfire, Brewster's <laughs> Million, uh, Honky Tonk Freeway, let's see, all the way back to 1943 with Shadow of a Doubt, Herbie Hawkins. Wow, he played, he was also in a version of, the 1943 version of Fan of the Opera. Nice. He played Gerard, mm. I don't know. The characters of the fan of the opera. Me neither. I don't recognize that one. Uncultured people. I just know the chick. The lot of us. And the phantom. <laughs> Who was Gerard Butler. That's true. <laughs> so maybe he played Gerard Butler. In the Phantom of the Opera. Amazing. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Frank McRae played the played um, the ex boxer super superintendent of the building in, in the movie. Uh, I know I've seen him in a few things, not not a lot. He was in Loaded Weapon One. He was in Last Action Hero, kind of playing the same character. Um, Lightning Jack. I saw Rocky Two. Rocky <laughs> Two. The Wizard. Boom. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, Twilight's on the movie or no TV series License to Kill National Lampoon's Vacation License to Kill Rocky 2 Ray uh, lots of lots of things for him as well um, big character actor uh, then we get to Marissa Estival which I thought they, I thought she said her name was Escobar in the movie but Estimo. Played by Elizabeth Pena. And you have a little bit of a local uh, attachment to that. Yep, she uh, she was actually in a movie that was filmed in Somerton, which is about 15, mile, 15 minutes away from where we are now, called um, How the Garcia Girls Spent Their Summer. It's like a little indie movie. Actually, auditioned to be in that movie, but... <laughs> Didn't get that part. Didn't get it? No. <laughs> Just a man trying to bring me down. <laughs> <laughs> but she uh, she did pass away in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say that uh, you found that it was... Uh... Um, complications due to um, alcohol abuse. Uh, oh, and she was in The Incredibles. I forgot about that. She's the voice of uh, Syndrome's assistant, Mirage. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow. That's cool. So Bad Bird brought her along from from Batteries Not Included days. Awesome. Way <laughs> back. Uh yeah, and I Jumped also in the way I remember machine. she was in um Rush Hour as the late the late female bomb uh disposal 
character. Jackie Rush, Chan? Jackie Chan's movie. Yeah, Rush Hour. She's not actually Jackie Chan. What? She's a cop that works with Chris Tucker's cop character. Okay, cool. So she's Chris Tucker. No. Oh. Also not Chris Tucker. Well, I don't know who she is. And I would say the last main character was probably... I didn't watch those movies. Dennis Boutsikaris. I uh, played Mason Baylor, the the painter, the artist. Oh, yeah. The 1980s artist. <laughs> yes. Because he doesn't act like any artist I've ever seen in any movie ever. He's more of a yuppie, and I think he usually plays more of a yuppie in all the movies that he's in. Yeah, uh, he's in he's in a lot of episodes of Better Call Saul, which is you know relevant now. Supposedly, uh, he's a he's definitely a character actor. He's been in all these different uh, TV shows from uh, you know that are around: The Medium, Grey's Anatomy, House MD, Law and Orders. Until you said house, I was like, man, this guy's just in terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just TV shows are TV shows. You can be in any one of them. Fair Look, enough. He's in uh, a lot of uh, episodes of Law and Order as Al Archer. Probably some kind of lawyer, I would assume. Or a super spy. Yeah, because Law and Order usually has a lot of super spies. They do. Though. Yeah. <laughs> And, Got then, you. and then he goes on to uh, have Sterling Archer. Oh, that's where you're going with that. <laughs> got it. It was a bit of a journey. It was. But I got us there. Because <laughs> the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Of course. <laughs> so in the trivia section, we got uh, the black and white photos of Frank and Faye used in the opening credits were real life photos of Hume Cronin and Jessica Tanny, whom were married for decades. Oh, Aww. that's interesting. That's cute. <laughs> uh, originally intended to be a story featured in the TV series Amazing Stories, Steven Spielberg liked the idea so much he decided to make it a theatrical release, which Steven Spielberg was the producer, or the executive producer of Amazing Stories. Nice. The, the anthology TV series, which that makes sense. I can see that as an amazing story. And all of these people worked on that show. Yes, at one point or another. Uh, the building that housed Hume Cronin's lunch counter was a unique old building that was the only one on the block. 25 years earlier, it was used for the Judy Holiday musical Bells Are Ringing with, uh, from 1960 with the block in the same condition. So that building is standing alone for a very long wow. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Pena, Marissa, passed away on October 14, 2015, 25 years after Michael Carmine's Carlos's death. On October 14th, 1989. Wow. Oh. Carlos died two years Damn. after that movie. Oh, my. Uh, that's unfortunate. It's yeah. a weird thing to put in the trivia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was the exact same day, just 25 years later. That so. is crazy. Uh, the opening montage shows pictures of uh, Frank Riley in a Navy uniform circa World War II. Later in the movie, when his wife pulls out his pocket watch... It has a leather fob attached to attached with a gold anchor with a silver USN on it, signifying Frank achieved the rank of Chief Petty Officer during his time in the service. Jessica Tandy was not considered for an Oscar nomination for her performance as Faye, Dun- Faye Riley due to Tandy's realistic portrayal of an elderly woman suffering from dementia. I must have read that wrong. Wait. It said like she didn't get... She didn't get nominated because her portrayal was too real? Yeah, that's exactly what that says. Yeah. 
Weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> Stop acting so well. You did the, a really good job in this. We don't think you deserve an Oscar nomination <laughs> for it. <laughs> uh, Harry Noble, or Harry Noble's backstory, Harry is a former professional boxer from, re- from whom retired after suffering brain damage and became a reclusive handyman and turned to a nonviolent philosophy. That's um man. They totally explained <laughs> all of that in the movie. That's that, that's some IMDb user like totally just you know creating his own <laughs> backstory. I've got <laughs> this <laughs> because you know he could have been just not all there before he started boxing, and someone used him to you know that's how I, that's how I played in my head. He was <laughs> he was an orphan kid that just wasn't too bright and but was always big. So the some some guy just started using him, exploiting him to be a boxer. The battles of the fanfics. <laughs> one's on a website, one's on a podcast. Who will win? Well, mine's better, obviously. Um, I think we have to ask Spielberg about this. There we go. This is good, I'm gonna get him in here next week. Just call him up. You know, oh, yes. we'll have a, we'll we'll have to do. I don't know, like Goonies or something that he directed. VHS jabs. Can't do that. <laughs> Everybody knows Goonies. That's true. We can't do Goonies. I think this one was kind of on the the prefaces of everybody know, knowing it or or not. True. You know, but this is uh, kind of a. I think it's a little bit more well known, but I think it was still a good choice for you know. It obviously is a gem, right? And, yeah. and I think it's on the the cusp of people knowing it, knowing of it, and not knowing of it. Yeah, I think it's just on the side of people not knowing that it's acceptable. Yes, exactly. Uh, get to a few more of these trivia things. We have uh, in, in Frey Riley's backstory, Faye suffers from dementia and has withdrawn into a reality where she believes her son Bobby whom was tragically killed in a car accident, is a very much alive and mistakes Carlos for Bobby. Okay, that's just straight out of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the scene where Harry is running through downtown New York with the youngest baby flying saucer, you look carefully in the background, you can see a theater marquee of The Fly. The film is, was yeah. in production when The Fly was released in on August 15th, 1986. Angela that, noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And that would be the one with uh, uh, one Mr. Uh, uh, Jeff uh, Goldblum. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, the legend life uh, finds, finds a way. way. <laughs> a possible alternate ending would have seen the flying saucers deciding not to leave and return to their own world, and deciding to stay with Frank, Faye, Mason, Mercer, and Harry. Well. Only the main group left. What happened to all the fucking other ones? Well, they're going to take over other building, other tenements. Fair enough. How do you think Lacey's building got built so fast? That's true. In a way, the film is like a present-day Western, but with a science fiction element. Lacey, a greedy and corrupt developer, is using Carlos and his street gang to harass Frank Fay and the tenants of the apartment building. In order to evict him, so the apartment building can be demolished. The flying saucers arrive. They decide to aid the tenants against Lacey. When Lacey's scheme is foiled, the flying saucers decide not to stay and move on and fly back to their outer space. So, I think the first time they show Lacey, 
it was funny because he's like everybody's in these business suits in his office and he's got this cardigan and he's trying to look like not an evil guy yeah <laughs> what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say that everything every movie's like a western <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true that's a very common trope right there um the the building i i thought it was funny because there's what there's the five of them living there yes and Faye and Frank obviously live in the same apartment together uh but yet there is, seems to be a lot more room uh for a lot more people to live there yeah it's <laughs> like a fucking seven story building or some shit and it, but it's much deeper too like we always yeah. I don't understand that is that you see the staircase and I mean unless those apartments are really big and we just don't realize it it seems a lot deeper than it should be. Like, there's a lot more room behind them that, that's not being used or ever seen, so it might be a secret government building. That's where the bodies are. That's <laughs> where uh, Frank's been hiding the bodies all these years? Yeah. Oh, Notice that he always refers to their rooms by previous tenants. <laughs> that's true, he does. So Marissa's like, oh, I'm in 3C. Oh, you mean... Oh, you're in Moskowitz's. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> you gotta write in the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> the reason there was so much room in... That was one of the, the names that they what, threw out. Yeah, Moskowitz? which is funny because it's Spielberg and American it, Tale. That's true. I didn't They're even named think Moskowitz. About you know, that's where the... the Boom. The, the, IMDB trivia, where the fuck were you on that one? That's where your Polish Jewish mouses live. <laughs> Mice. Uh, in the last scene, uh, just after Frank sees Harry on the top of their building, a young Luis Guzman can be seen in the background. Right. Totally yeah. spotted that guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> just, totally, just, just sitting there, standing there, talking as an extra. You can't so miss extra. that yeah. mustache. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's it. That's, that's very true. Uh, when the masses of flying saucers appear after the building burns, they are arranged as follows. Unused prototypes in the front row, uh, cast plastic models in the second and third rows, and scaled down cast models in the remaining rows. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah. Spielberg always <laughs> has cool props. Um, when I had put this one up on, you know, on, uh... Facebook. Facebook. That's what that thing's called. The book face. <laughs> yes, the very famous uh, website for social media called face, Book Face. Almost messed up the joke. <laughs> uh, when I put that up, we got a lot of response for it. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um and apparently neither was Facebook because I, I I didn't get the any notifications that people were talking about it until very much later. Um, we had people talking about how the scene where basically when the the, the lunch counter is running back is is uh, up and running again. You got the little baby alien robot being turned into a hamburger. Yeah. Which is funny because he walks away. I'm, uh, I'm a burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's my life now. <laughs> and then it's funny because the the guy, the the worker guy, you know, thinking that his burger's just gone, steals the other guy's burger, and then later on when 
That guy gets, I guess he gets soup instead since he doesn't get a burger <laughs> now. Gets his soup taken away from him by Jessica Tandy's character. Uh, we got, uh, I love this movie, you can tell, because when the place got smashed up and the guys were all trying to piece it back together, tile by tile, and the little saucer walked up and put the little tile Aww. down. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> One. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> We're getting this back together. I'm helping. And then it was, and, and it was funny that the the old lady kept thinking that uh, the gang the the gangbanger Carlos was was her son, oh, which apparently was heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching for a uh, yeah. five year old John. <laughs> I know that was sad. I feel bad. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because. It's up until the point where he needs her to believe that he is yeah. Bobby yeah. to get her out of the Bernie building. She's like, she believes, she thinks he's Bobby, but then, no, you're not Bobby. Well, damn <laughs> Bobby's <it>. dead. <laughs> you're supposed to say you're not Bobby. <laughs> Fuck, lady. Don't you know how this game is played? Uh, this shit got dark. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's what I was, I was remembering, because I, I, as a kid I remember watching the movie and, and her mistaking uh, the guy for Bobby, but I guess in my young child brain, I, I just assumed Bobby lives somewhere else. I just, I mean, I remember them talking about how... He lives in a farm upstate. <laughs> well, I just remember them talking about how him and the dad didn't get along, so maybe they just separated and never talked to each other anymore, but uh, this time around... Technically, those things are true. These are true. <laughs> Uh, but I, I I thought it was more of a choice that they didn't talk to each other. Maybe he chose not to live anymore. <laughs> okay, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, this time around, I was wondering if if they do make reference to why it is that Bobby isn't around anymore, and there's and they, they sure did. They keep she keeps a, a newspaper clip, clipping <laughs> of. The newspaper of the day her son died in a car accident at age of 19. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> we all grieve differently. I guess that's true. Some of us destroy reality around us. <laughs> or maybe she kind of needs it as like a reality check. That's, since that's, that's the way to anchor her back? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Only she knows back. what that newspaper clipping feels like and how much it weighs <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i didn't know this was inception oh, man. everything is inception so what do we have we have roger ebert and his uh review of the movie which he gave it three stars in 1987 nice uh it says most of us have secret moments when we think to ourselves that it would be wonderful to be alive when mankind receives its first visit from outer space. A lot of the science fiction movies of the 1950s predicted that our first alien visitors would be hostile, using ray guns to shoot uh, the dome off the Capitol building, but it would take such an incredible exp uh, expenditure of time and energy to travel from one star system to another that there could be no motive of profit and power. And yeah. Oddly enough, the only real motives of the star travel uh, for star travel are completely disinterested ones: curiosity, generosity, and place playfulness. That's a nice little preface to, <laughs> to get to before your right? your review of the movie. That is why it is just barely possible, and batteries not included, to accept the flying saucers that show up one day in the dilapidated 
bedroom where two old people sleep in one of New York's urban renewal wastelands. Uh, these saucers are cute. This is a there is a girl saucer and a boy saucer, and they're about the size of well saucers. Uh, they like to fix things. They grow fond of the old couple, and they help them to defend their building from those who would tear it down to build a skyscraper. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to go through this whole thing, but the last yeah. is, but Cronin and Tandy rescue the movie from looking altogether like a retread, and the, sa- the saucers do their part, too. Designed by Industrial Light and Magic, the visual effects wizards, the saucers swoop and vibrate and blink and, pur- and purr and even have children which they assemble out of old toasters and other household appliances. Batteries Not Included is a sweet, cheerful, and funny family entertainment. Which, uh, I thought it was, I, I thought it was, I don't know, I, I didn't see anything in the trivia where it talked about GE or not, but, I mean, we got, obviously had two uh, very big connections to GE in the movie with the the, to- the coffee maker that gets made into a hand for one of the, re- for one of the ra- aliens. Yes, and then uh, the the Harry Noble, the superintendent who only who never talks but only watches TV, repeats thing repeats commercials. He said, uh, "We bring good things to life," which is a GE yeah uh, slogan. So I would assume that they had something to do with it. Possibly, they can't see a, a, a shoulder shrug. Through a podcast. That's why I said possibly. <laughs> Chris, your shoulder shrugs. And Mitch. Take that, you son of a bitch. Well, there you go. Um, I, also... I have my own narration. <laughs> that would be bad. It's happening. Though she doesn't have a wide vocabulary. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, Earth. Yeah, I was on Earth for a second. This is PG. So, a PG family movie with robots that that prominently shows a half-naked Elizabeth Pena painting. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Boob. Boom. Painted 80s boob. movie. It's, it's an art. Boob. Yep. It's one of those arts. Finally. <laughs> How I mean, wonder what the the difference. I mean, because I remember you, they had you know you in in the cartoons and like stuff like that. You can have because it's a naked drawing. Mm-hmm. So is there a difference? Do you know? Do you think MPA mm. standards? Maybe, maybe kind of the the kind of the outlook outlook or like the. Um, the way it's being portrayed, the way it's being presented, because it's not a sexual yeah, thing it's... that the the painting's being portrayed in. It is art? It is portrayed as art. He did draw that. He did paint that really quick too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't paint, especially I don't paint portraits, so I don't know how long it takes for someone to do something like that. But it seemed quick. It did. Yeah. Uh, well, we did have a connection to uh, one of our favorite VHS gems so far, uh, Munchies. You know, everybody remembers <laughs> how much we like that movie. It's true. Uh, but the the girl that's living in Mason's apartment, her his, I assume his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie, is yes. also the wife of the ice cream shop owner in Munchies. Yeah. Thought that was funny. <laughs> um, we had a opening. Night opening weekend uh, for this movie of three point three million, 
and that was number it ranked number four in thirteen hundred theaters. Uh, wow. On average of a was that twenty five hundred dollars average a theater. Wow. So number four for that weekend. Doesn't say uh, exactly who else it went up against, but it's not bad for a family movie. That's not a cartoon. Mm. There it is. <laughs> uh, the domestic total lifetime gross was thirty two point nine million. Jeez. Uh, and the foreign is thirty two point one million. So wow. <laughs> uh, you have uh, and, it's, and it's a universal movie which is, makes sense because it was produced by uh, Spielberg you know, Spielberg had yeah. Hamlin on Smith yes yes those the, things the... <laughs> uh, what else can we say about Batteries Not Included it won an, a Saturn Award for Best Actress for Jessica Tandy they apparently yeah. didn't think that her portrayal <laughs> was too realistic to not get one. Uh, best uh, had a Young Artist Award for Best Family Movie, Family Motion Picture Comedy, and then it was also nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Fantasy Film. Didn't win. What did win? I, I, I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> that is very strange. Fantasy Film 1987. Princess Bride. I don't know either. Willow. No say. <laughs> no say. Lady Hawk. <laughs> Lady Hawk. Well, if you're one of the people that puts a lot of trust in Rotten Tomatoes, on the tomato meter, this is a 64%. It is. Mm-hmm. Seems about see, right. I would think a little more since it's a family film. If they had only restricted it to people who only have families, or like only the family people watch it, but... I would assume that anybody watching and one guy that's you know sits in his basement just watching movies is like this is dumb you know I don't it's know boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum says the extraterrestrial elves who thrive on electricity and replicate themselves out of scrap metal are less no less charming and the special effects show them off gracefully. That was one thing I don't know if it was because it's uh, if it was like digitally remastered or it what, was. but the, I thought it looks it, the a lot of the the. CGI still looked pretty great. Yeah. But I guess that would probably be because of the digital remastering. Yeah. Uh, There were some parts where it looked like they looked a little cheesy, especially like the far off shots. Mm. The up close shots looked really great, but the far off shots looked bad. And they couldn't help the backdrop. (laughs) That's true. You you guys did bring up the fact there was a very, very noticeable backdrop whenever they're on this the roof of the building it's well once it was like further away it looked better but when they like first got up on the roof <laughs> and it was close up i was like yeah that's totally a backdrop <laughs> it's, that's other buildings painted onto a and onto cloth <laughs> uh a heartwarming story of aliens saving a lost group of souls it, i grew up watching this movie and it will always be one of my favorites alexis nam for many years I've been wanting to see Batteries Not Included but none of the local video stores carried it so I had to wait until I, it came on television I finally got my chance tonight to watch what my mom calls one of her favorite movies in Batteries Not Included a couple of miniature UFOs enter a housing complex yeah cool odd yeah <laughs> Jason Owens gave it three stars appropriate <laughs> um, can you think of any more movies that are that would be like this I mean that's you have E.T. kind of, you know, similar to something like this. I mean, mm-hmm. Alien comes in, befriends human, helps them fix their life. Flubber. Flubber. 
Yes. You have to explain yeah. that one. Because it has the little floating but, robot. But oh. wasn't, she, wasn't she made? Yes. By Robin Williams? <laughs> yeah. And these ones were obviously made by other robots. <laughs> <laughs> so it's closer to the Transformers is what you're telling me. Yes. There's a planet of aliens that, that uh, are robots that make other robots. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I find that I I I I can't think of anything. I I remember liking this movie as a kid. I, I know you guys said that you were rather not rather bored, but you ended up being bored at a lot of slow parts. Towards the end, I was like, okay, I'm I'm kind of ready for it to be over. <laughs> I mean, not not that it was terrible. It's just that. You know, it's. I know it's getting to the resolution and and like the end of the third act. So I was just waiting for that. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I I like the idea of more than I like the actual movie. Like even as a child, I was like, this movie's boring. <laughs> like I like the the little alien robot saucer things, but. I don't want to sit there and watch them for an hour and a half or whatever the <laughs> hell it was. An hour and 40 minutes. So if, had this only been a half hour Amazing Stories episode, it would have been great. Been great for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even at an hour, I probably would have been like, that's great. Uh, what kind of um, five-star and one-star reviews from Amazon do you think this got? Well, the one-stars, <laughs> obviously, are going to be something like... <laughs> The packaging was messed up. <laughs> As usual. Uh, let's see. The first one star we have is uh, from Mookie. Oh. And tw- September 26, 2015. Uh, I must have received a bad DVD. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally opened package to watch on family movie day. I realized, I guess I should have watched it sooner since it skips, it will go blank for a second, then go on, and it and is done for about five times throughout the movie, which seriously stinks. Can't return because I am past due on the date of return. I guess I am just stuck with it. So he okay. bought this for his family movie night before he had a family. <laughs> uh, it must have been. Uh, Gibson Girl, July 27, 2013. One star review. Sweet. Very bad DVD transfer. Man. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I bought this from Amazon because it appeared to be a different DVD copy than I had. So you already had one copy of this on DVD. Uh, uh, or she did. It's what? widescreen and anamorphic, but it's also bad news after that. The copy is horrible, blurry, colors run into one another. I haven't seen such a poor studio release DVD since The Relic. <laughs> Maybe it's better on a non HG TV. HG Wow. Holy television. shit. There's your problem. But it's awful on my Sony. Using that future technology. It isn't even worth it isn't worth even five dollars. Good movie, but it deserves a much better transfer. Alright. <laughs> Another one one star. Uh by Nathan S, 2015, November 21st, and the title is One Star. So all of these are from 2015. Yeah. Wow. It just says, did not work. Awesome. (laughs) 
Wow. So yeah, I, I find it funny uh, that so many people would come in to, re- to just give their uh, it didn't work <laughs> or it was a bad transfer. Right. Uh, but we have a few. We have quite a bit of the five stars. There was only uh, 2% were one stars. 79% are five stars. Uh, you have... People love this movie. Peggy Vincent, yes. December 24, 2003. A sentimental little beauty from Spielberg. Uh, this 1987 film, Sentimental Diddy, was utterly irresistible to the public. Even as critics panned it as too schmalsly. Schmalsy? Thank you. It concerns a squadron of little UFOs who arrive... On the room of a, a room of a New York apartment building, one which is about to be raised uh, as soon as the owners can manage to evict the quirky bunch of tenants. The tenants include Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy, always and forever a winning pair, as well as a guy who plays a mentally or emotionally or maybe both disabled man who speaks only in set phrases from commercials, commercials or TV jingles or product tags such as that of the title, Patterson Not Included. As the tenants band together to save the lives of the little aliens, including a spine-tingling scene in which one gives birth, the aliens come to the rescue of the folks in danger of eviction, and the tenants, previously a dis- desperate bunch, come together to form a community. Heartwarming, great family entertainment. Spine-tingling? Yes, spine-tingling. Also, the raised part, that's spoilers. <laughs> that's true. That doesn't happen to the very end. Right. So, But there, there are quite a few five stars. Ooh, this person wrote a fucking book. Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't do it. No, I'm not going to read that. Uh, but, would so with that being said, that you were bored in some places where it's slow, would you recommend it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like any any restrictions? Any like, hey, if you have kids, or you know, if you were, if you liked uh, short circuit kind of thing, or just did you just recommend it? I mean, def- it's definitely for families. I think, even though we said I will, even though I said I was kind of bored at the end, like it wasn't because it was, like I said, like horrible or the acting was atrocious or there was, you know. Um, just a bad story it was a good story like it's it's very very kind of family you know aliens coming in and fixing fixing the problems there there's a lot of feels in this movie though because so because of the woman with dementia and backstory with her son yeah so um I, i don't know if well according to facebook john had a really had had a bad time with it <laughs> at five years old so that's something to consider but uh it's true but but i mean besides that there's like it's something that you know you can all watch um well there's also painted boobs there's, but there's also painted boobs so you might have to explain that to the kids <laughs> or uh, just know where it comes at <laughs> and shield your eyes uh i thought with um the fact that that it's you know has Spielberg's touch in there. It, it's a uh, you know very much uh, there's a very immigrant storyline that's underlining in there yeah. that I thought was a uh, you know appropriate. I yeah. I can always tell that that it's a Spielberg film. I don't know why. Like <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I know the name first and then I look at his movies, but 
it always has that little touch, like kind of like this is a, a solid movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, I I, I, I don't I don't doubt that either, that, that, that as well. Um, we don't. We did. Uh, we I I assume, I assume you guys didn't get together your list of of uh, three movies yet. Three movies each that we were going to put into the pile. <laughs> that will. That was one of my movies. No, that doesn't count. Uh, yeah. you, you get another three. You have to pick three now. I said batteries included. <laughs> no, no, no. So you gotta pick three. You gotta pick three. I gotta pick three, and we're gonna have three from the from the listeners. Oh, I have three. Oh, okay, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that yet because uh, next week is uh, the first of April when the next VHS gems comes out. And uh, I just feel that we have to do April Fool's Day, so yes. that will be the movie that we watch next week and talk about, which is one of my favorite scary slasher movies, non-scary slasher yep. movies, because of what happened, how yep. the movie pans out. It's, <laughs> have you ever seen it, Angela? No, I've never heard of it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> You're going to have a good time. Okay. So we have that uh, coming up. Those who remember that movie, please... Uh, write in and tell us uh, your memories of that movie and how why you liked it. Why you liked it. Um, after that, though, we will go back to our random selection of uh, movies from uh, our our individual or our list thrown together, and uh, we will have your input to be put in there too. Uh, however, let's get to the I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. <laughs> Angela, I am Flower Beach Tales on Twitter. And Chris is Wizard W Z E R D on Twitter and Facebook. Yes, and we can uh, all our Geekly is also at Geekly Radio on Twitter, but we can all be talked to on the Geekly Radio Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, where most of the discussion usually happens. But there's also uh, GeeklyRadio.com, which is our website. Go and check out uh, our past archived uh, podcast and see that we have a uh, contest going on right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those who are, who are going to go see uh, Batman v Superman the next two weeks, definitely uh, don't, but go, <laughs> go if you do yes. you decide to go, you know, try and be part of our contest. You can win some free, some cool free stuff. Or if you just go to the theater or whatever. We don't know you're not we going don't. to actually I know, just, just Superman, <laughs> Batman, Superman. Honestly, we'd probably prefer if you didn't go see Batman v Superman. No, I want you to go see it. I mean, if you want to buy tickets to something else and sneak into it, there that's you fine go. with me. That, that's the best way to do it, really. Uh, that garbage movie. <laughs> okay, well that's another podcast, or at least yeah, it is. That's VHS gems twenty years from now. Yeah. We can talk about it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, but this has been VHS gems on the Geekly Radio Network. Saying until next time, always remember to geek, geek out. out. Woo! <laughs> we now return you to a regularly scheduled program.